Welcome to Coach Street, the premium podcast that brings you insider coaching conversations from the fast lane. When coaches need to shift gears, they come to the Coach Street podcast. Grab a coffee and buckle your seatbelts as hosts Andrea Lee from The Wealthy Thought Leader and Robin Logan from Coach Campus learn what drives the world's most successful coaches. Hi everyone, welcome to Coach Street. Here we are with our 10th episode and the topic for today is coaching by calendar and I'm joined by my co-host Andrea Lee. Hi Andrea. Hey Robin, good to be here. Yeah, good to be here too. Just like I'm crawling a little bit, I must admit, towards the end of the year, which is sort of weird given I just had a holiday. I feel embarrassed saying that, but how are you going as it approaches Christmas, New Year? A little winded. like at the end of a marathon a little bit. But no, I, I know. still have gas in the tank to cross, you know, cross in good style. But yeah, definitely feeling it. Oh, good. Well, you know what? Let's get stuck into the topic uh, for today because we also have a change on our 10th episode. We're changing the structure slightly because we can and we like to always evolve. And Spot the Coaching is going to turn into a new section, which I'm pretty excited about. So that'll be later. We can talk a bit more about what we're doing. So the topic for today, coaching by calendar, a really interesting concept, which I'll let you introduce since you came up with it. Yeah, this idea of coaching by calendar, simply put, is to partner with a calendar, and by calendar I mean the months, the days, the years, and allow that environment of time on your calendar to support you in the conversations you have with your clients. So it's kind of fun because... I think, as you mentioned, Robin, before, a lot of us do this kind of subconsciously without realizing it, eh? Like you were saying, oh, it's November, you know, we only have a month left. Or, you know, when you get on the phone with a client at a certain time of year, you might have certain things go through your mind. Yeah, well, I think that's right. And given that I only just heard this concept literally 15 minutes ago when we got together, I've got some more questions about it first, just to get clear on what you're talking about. So, so coaching by calendar, you're, you're saying like with your clients that you actually have a calendar open and you are bringing awareness to them about what, like, um, I don't know, like events or months or how do, how do you actually structure it? How does it impact the coaching? So it's not so much that I have a calendar open. It's that as a coach, I am more aware and actively use where I am in the calendar and where I am in the season of the client's life, um, the time frame of the client's life, as a context, a context setting for the coaching that's happening. So let's say I'm coaching Harry, and Harry's about to turn 60. Well, that kind of calendar event of his birthday turning 60 is actually a really useful coaching tool. Um, I can say things to him like, so you're turning 60. How does that feel? Is there anything special that you feel like you'd like to work on before you turn 60? Is it a milestone for you? Is it not? Those kinds of things as just one example. There's lots of ways we can partner with a calendar, but that's probably one of the bigger ones. Birthdays are really good things to coach to. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, you're right. Like what I was saying before is the thing people do that sort of unconsciously, but just to bring that more forward, or maybe it's types of people who are really into calendars a lot more than other types. But 
I think doing that as well, even in just a year-long frame rather than always thinking about the moment, which is good too, but this concept of having a client and thinking about them, I guess, in a longer space, isn't it? You're thinking a lot more forward than you would otherwise. It it kind of is a backdrop for any day-to-day. Like you might be working on, let's say, the career aspect of Harry's life and say, all right, well, so, you know, who are you networking with and these kinds of nitty-gritty things. But you could also say, all right, well, if Thanksgiving is coming up, um, how about if we set yourself a goal to do something in your job search by Thanksgiving? What do you think you'd like that to be? Or Thanksgiving is coming and Harry doesn't want to do anything before Thanksgiving, so you say, well, how about an exercise to do with Thanksgiving? Um, Could you find 12 things to be grateful for this week? even though you've been laid off. So the themes, in addition to things like birthdays, we can look over the calendar year and say, well, there's what? New Year's, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, you know, Remembrance Day here in Canada, Thanksgiving, Halloween, year-end, just to name a few. And we haven't mentioned... Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year. Right. Yeah. Um, Maori Independence Day, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So... Diwali, Diwali is a big one too. Yes, very much so. Yeah, definitely those those events throughout the year. I think we do this as well, business by calendar. I know when we're thinking about our campaigns or we're thinking when to release a program, more and more I'm finding I'm being forced into sort of what doesn't come naturally is to think in a 12-month span. It doesn't actually come naturally to me. I'm much more of an in-the-moment what do I feel like doing today might not be what I feel like doing tomorrow. But the more and more I spend time in business, I realize, you know, that being able to hold that 12-month frame and plan ahead, it actually is very useful. Most of the time, the clients themselves are not seeing that frame. That's where I think of it as a coach's tool. The calendar becomes a coach's tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not seeing that frame. So to, to stretch them, yeah, I think it's really yeah, good point. And in fact, the mastermind group that I'm in, we do quarterly goals. We're supposed to. I don't always do them, i got to say. But, but quarterly goals, it's quite a nice – I guess the thing about it, it provides a structure because that's the other thing about coaching. Coaching is a lot about accountability and structure, more than people think, I find. Um, a lot of people often focus on the coaching skills. But, but honestly, just that ability to have a structure in your life – and it can be anything, but quarterly is useful. Quarterly is good. It's a nice chunk. There's four of those a year. Um, and setting some goals for that I think is useful. And the other thing I think is interesting, I don't know about you, but I'm seeing this more and more, people taking on clients now in from the get-go at a 12-month contract. So, you know, okay, come on board as a client. It's a 12-month coaching program and here's what we'll achieve in that 12 months which I got to say makes perfect sense to me because it really does take a long time to achieve big goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were saying earlier that I think it's Malcolm Gladwell to attribute properly who describes that, you know, in order to get any piece of really good work done in your life whether it's, you know, build a really strong relationship or, you know, set the foundation for um your, you know, an education, like a a degree or, you know, piece of education or, you know, really getting healthy in some way in a deep foundational way. It takes five years. Um, And I think that people underestimate, they underestimate 
um, how long it takes to really dig deep and really roll around like a pig in mud and achieve mastery over something. Um, so if we think in terms of that, just hypothetically, if we're working with a client, um, we can in, invite them, you know, to look take the longer yeah. view. And I yeah. think that's really valuable. Yeah, I think so too. It's just back to Malcolm Gladwell. He's really like, you know, what's he trying to do here? This that, that and then he's got the other the ten thousand hours. Like, what is it, the next thing? Like, it really takes, you know, twenty minutes to eat breakfast, not two. <laughs> He's just going to try and transform our world with with how much time it takes. But, you know, it's interesting because I think he is there positioning himself in opposition to the trend that I see definitely in coach training, which is people want better results faster all the time. And, in fact, I won't name names, but I was researching a competition, as I do from time to time, and I saw a school yesterday advertising, and the, the, the marketing language on their website was, we give you more training hours in less time than any other school. Now, I read that and thought, well, that's a nightmare. As far as I'm concerned, that's a nightmare. More hours in less time? How could they think that that's an attractive thing to say? I mean, that's ridiculous. Here, here's <laughs> the thing. I just said this in coaching to someone. I was um, coaching them. They're a not-for-profit, and we're working on their strategic plan. I said, you know, it would be any Tom, Dick, or Harry different Harry from the other Harry we were talking about earlier. But any Tom, Dick, or Harry can come up with a strategic plan that has 101 things on it. Anyone. Yeah. Okay? It takes a particularly brave, far-seeing, and smart coach to say, listen, a good strategic plan for you or a good job search plan or good whatever plan it is you're working with your clients – these are the only three things I want you to care about next year. And that's it. That's where the value is. Oh, look, absolutely. And that's where I am constantly challenging myself because I'm one of these people that's just got too many ideas. It's, and they're great. They're all great, I believe. But that's the thing that, you know, you just can't do them. In fact, I'm rereading these holidays, The One Thing, which is a great book about basically that. The, you know, just concentrate on the one thing that stands between you and your goals. And doing less, it's, it's harder. It's much harder to say no to things and just do less. I love it. I'm going to get that book, The One Thing. Is that the one by Gary Keller? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Because in conjunction here, we'll trade book recommendations. Because the book that I'm reading right now goes so well with it. Who knew we were reading such complimentary things? It's called The po- Power of the Positive No by William Urey. The Power Urey. of the Positive No. I'm going to look that up again in just a second. Urey, U-R-Y is the last name. And I'll tell you, I'm, um, this was recommended to me by quite a few people, but most recently by um, Indrani, Indrani, um, a, ah, yes. yeah, a good, a partner of mine who, um, does amazing work, life coaching work in shelters, um, with women who've lived through abuse. The power of the positive no, what in summary it says, is just like what you're saying about this, the one thing, is, um, if you don't say yes to your no's, in other words, if you don't embrace saying no, you will know your yeses. Your yes. Okay. Will get. Say that again. Yeah. If you again. don't, if you don't say yes to your no's, you will know your yeses. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> That's great. 
And so just recently, and this ties back to <laughs> I'm just going to have to – I'm sorry, I'm still on that one. I'm going to have to write that down and put that in the, in the notes. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. So just recently, like it's year-end coaching, get, getting back to coaching by calendar, year-end coaching, I swear to you, for the last three months of the year, I just slough off and coach to year-end coaching. You know, mm-hmm. I'm teasing. I never slough off and always. Well, you could, but you could just do your own coaching. What do you want to get done by the end of the year? What's important for you to leave behind? What's gone well this year that you want to repeat yeah. next year? You know, that milestone of the calendar really adds a vigor. And so one of the things that I ended up saying in recommending this book was, okay, what are 25 no's you can say by the end of the year? They can okay. Be, they can be I, I can feel a challenge coming on. <laughs> I can feel it. Now, so this is an issue, you know, because we have to make sure this episode goes out before the end of the year. I guess so. <laughs> We're really stitching ourselves up here. You can say, we can say this at the beginning of the year too. It, that's the beginning yeah, of can. the calendar, which is, you know, such a lovely structure. We can say, okay, it's the beginning of the year. How do you want it to be different from last year? What are the, you know, don't make it 25, make it 10. What are the 10 things that you want to say no to from last year? so that 2014 can be different? It's a powerful coaching question. Yeah, I think it's a great January question, actually, because that's when I look at those things. You're starting your new year. You know, what are the things? Let's make it, I think, 10. 10 things you can say no to is good. And they can be small. So you can say Mm -hmm. no to clutter in this one spot in the bathroom. You know, you can say no to um, this one T-shirt that has holes in it. Throw it out. Um, turn it into rags. You can have bigger things. You can say no fast food for a year. You could say yeah. no more um, working past 5 p.m. Um, no more negative self-talk. You know, there's lots of challenging ones you could do. Oh, I, I can. my list is already forming in my head. No more last-minute rushed jobs. No more staying up too late at night. Really, it's it's a good one. So that's interesting, the, um, the, the, the move to, to less. That's quite amazing that everyone seems to be doing that. I wonder if it's um, in, re- in reaction to the fact there's just so many opportunities now. I think there's more opportunities now for coaches than there ever was before because, the, you know, the marketplace is increasingly global. So you really can have a niche that spans many countries around the world. The technology is so cheap now. It's so cheap to get a website, get some marketing happening, you know, and all the tools we've got to carry around with us on a daily basis means we don't, we can also work from anywhere. So I'm just wondering if, because the opportunities are opening up more and more and more and more, that really it does force us to say no and to really focus in and simplify what we're doing. Yeah, I think we're being required to have more discernment where before, if you were born in a particular farm, in a particular hill, in a countryside, the farthest you ever got was when one time the cow got lost. You know, you had to go <laughs> find it. And that was it. You didn't have that many choices. So you didn't have to exercise your no muscle as much. Yeah. So I totally yeah. agree with you, Robin. I think that yeah. um, that's why the calendar I find is so good. Like you're never, you know, it, do we ever wake up, Robin? Have you ever woken up one day and say, oh, you know what? I'm off calendar. There's no day. Today today isn't a day. <laughs> right? No. It doesn't happen. We're always living inside this thing, this interesting human software called a calendar, this thing called time. So why not use it as a coach, whether you're an advanced you know, veteran coach, 
it's actually intriguing yeah. to think about how you can really give more depth um, and richness to your coaching. And then as yeah. a new coach, that, I actually really love this for new coaches. What do you think? You think new coaches- yeah, I think it's a great thing for new coaches because it's just another structure. It's a great structure. And it is that thing of like, Okay, if you don't, if you're feeling unsure and you don't know what to do, you can always pick up the calendar and look at what's next and ask the client what's next. So I think it's a great one. So we have we can't have a discussion about coaching by calendar without actually talking about your preferred calendar. So come on now, what are we? We're paper based. Are we do you doing the whole syncing with the blah the blah the blah? <laughs> you in the cloud? Where are you? Where's your calendar? <laughs> Crack you, you crack me up. I love this. Are we having fun, guys, listening on the podcast? I hope so. Um, I am. Yeah. No, I am. Um, I'm actually one of these, you know, the word polymath, you know, people who are interested in many topics. I actually, for the most part, for business, I run a calendar online. I use Google Calendar. And it's actually a fairly complex thing because different businesses have different calendars within Google. Different people yeah. run different calendars inside my calendar. Yeah. So my general manager runs the Wealthy Thought Leader calendar, and it shows up, or I can, you know, really make myself salivate by clicking on and off the calendars and making appointments disappear. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's for business. For strategic planning for business, I use the paper calendar or those big poster calendars on the wall. And for personal, Mike and I share a paper calendar in the kitchen. How about you? Well, yes, same. I'm doing the, I do the Google calendars and we have that for work, for business. And I do sync it with my phone, but I've had a little bit of a breakdown this last week. I've actually twice booked my son in for a haircut and both times completely forgotten about it, which is really embarrassing. Poor salon right near Christmas. And, but you know, the reason that happened, I think something has unsynced with my phone and my calendar and that just shows you how reliant I am on that little bip to say to me oh in 15 minutes you're doing this you know in 10 minutes you're doing that so that's a bit that's a bit interesting so what I'm actually thinking of doing this year is what you're exactly what you just suggested is getting a paper-based one inside and in fact I was in a chemist the other day I think they call them pharmacies and other places around the world and they had these calendars on the front counter and I was, I was like oh so how much are these oh they're free oh, oh fair enough so I took one had a look I sat in the car looking at it I was so impressed I think I'm going to put this now in my kitchen because I've had lots of well-designed beautiful calendars and you know even last year we had my daughter's one direction calendar we all had to suffer looking at Harry and Liam and <laughs> every month so we've had lots of those calendars but the problem I find with them is that the information I need, like when do school holidays start and finish, when is public, day, you know, when is Australia Day, when is Melbourne Cup, it's not on the calendars. And then I have to go and look that up and find it and put it on. This one, the free one at the chemist, is just full of all the fantastic information. So I think I'm going to use that one. I'm going to give it a try anyway and see how I go. I'm going to be one of those people scribbling on the calendar in the kitchen and see what happens. Anyway, just to backtrack a bit, polymath, I've never heard of that word. So I'm very happy about that because I like to have new words. So everyone, if you have heard of it, that's good on you. If you haven't, a polymath is a person whose expertise spans a significant number of different subject areas. That would be you for sure. That would be 
us for sure. There would probably be a lot of coaches, actually. Yeah, really good. And then I think the last thing to say about the coaching by calendar is, you know, you can use milestones in the client's life as well really well. So let's say you're, you know, the you're coaching a mom and her child is, you know, her third child or youngest is going into um, full-time school next year. She's trying to, you know, achieve something in her life, in her career, her business or whatever. Um, that's a fantastic milestone to use in the calendar with this client. And as you play with this topic, I, I think you'll find there's many more of these kinds of milestones than you might think. You know, I want to run a, a, a marathon before I'm 60. I want to publish a book before, you know, these kinds of things really add a really nice bigger picture structure for coaching. And I hope you'll try it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the thing about the calendar, one way, I'm just thinking how you could use it. You could actually have your client physically get a calendar and physically write in the things they want to achieve for the next 12 months. Because, you know, you do that a lot in coaching anyway and the vision conversation, but often it's a conversation that goes out into the air and that's it. It doesn't go anywhere. That It's a very um, grounded experience to actually get a pen and write your goal in a calendar. I think that would be powerful. Yeah. I, I agree, and I think that's a perfect comment for, again, near the beginning of a year or at any time, like at the beginning of a client engagement, get a new client, talk to them about the calendar, what theme do they want for the month. People overestimate what they can do in a year. I often say, you know, let's say for business building for a coach, if we were coaching you right now how to, how to make your business more successful, you want to have pretty much only three or four main things to focus on in business building for a year. Um, so you might be interested in building up your one-on-one practice to a certain place. That would be one focus. You might be interested in creating a, a new income stream. That might be a second thing. You might want a new website. That might be a third thing. And that four things and only four things. Three to four things, actually. Four might be too many. So, you know, I think what you're saying really just is a tool is to actually take a physical calendar and write those in so that it's a daily reminder. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, actually, I'm going to try this myself because, you know, my kids go to a Montessori school. There's a, a whole thing in Montessori education about com- connecting the mind and the body in terms of learning. So an example of that would be um, if you're having trouble, say, with writing, if a kid is having trouble, like like my son was, say he's like eight, say when he was eight, and to improve that, what they do is they get a sand, like a tray, and they put sand all over the tray, and just get him to trace figures in the sand with his finger, which you might think of as a like an activity for a three year old or a four year old, but the theory is it's like he needs to feel the letter to actually feel the letter, to have it work into his, not just his learning in cognitive terms, but also in terms of his body memory and just connecting the, the, the body with the mind. So I'm just finding myself thinking about that, thinking about the calendar, thinking, okay, what I normally do, it's all electronic and I just put the goals in, type, type, type. I'm not touching them at all. They're just in bytes on a screen and then they get shared electronically because we're a virtual company, so we don't really have everybody come together and 
We don't even pick up a piece of paper like we used to, like you used to hold the plan in your hands. We don't do that. It's all, we've got so many web-based apps now and we use um, Smartsheet as a project planner and it's got millions of different projects shared with different teams, but nobody sits and holds it in their hands. So I'm actually going to try this as the get the pen, write with the pen on the calendar um, as a way to sort of cement that. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea, the kinesthetic. Like I actually, when I'm coaching, this will be an interesting little tidbit, I'm often typing at the same time. And when I was a younger coach, I would get in trouble because people would think I was multitasking. Um, what are you typing? You know, <laughs> it's, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, aren't you listening to me? And actually, I listen, I, re- I realize, a lot through my fingers. Um, yeah. I think that's really true um, of a lot of people. And so now I just know to say, if you can hear me typing, it's because I'm taking notes. And so yeah. then that makes it feel great. Um, but I think it's very true. I think that's a great exercise. We're getting really nutsy, boltsy, nitty-gritty how-to today. I love that. Yeah, 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 good. I reckon this has been great. And so I, I can actually say I don't think I've ever heard a coaching podcast on the calendar. So there you go. I think we can call that section a wrap. I want to get into the news our new section where because I think the two of us, we do so many things, I'm sure people would be interested to hear about it. I definitely want to know what you're doing. And rather than do it before or after we record, uh, you know, let's share some of that with some people. That's my thought there. So let's start with you because a huge event has occurred in your life. You've closed your business, the language school. Oh, I thought you were going to say I got a new pair of glasses. (laughs) <laughs> Did you? I need a new pair of glasses. I actually, um, I'm happy to share. Yes, we have. Um, it was. It's, I guess it's our third business, Oceanside English Academy, an ESL school, English as a Second Language, um, which we purchased a couple of years ago, and we've just closed. But I did also just get new glasses, and you know what, Robin? They're my first mm-hmm. bifocals. That's so weird because I've actually just had my eyes tested last week and she said, the optometrist, I should get bifocals. In the end, I've gone for the two, the one for the computer and one for the reading. You're going for the bifocals. You know, I am going to do that when I wear contacts. You know, they have this really weird contact lens thing when you wear long, long vision correction with your contacts and then you have to wear reading glasses. So I'll be doing that. But yeah. yeah, I've gone for it. We call them in Canada the very lovely name progressive. So that <laughs> people think that you're making progress. Even as your eyes are deteriorating madly, you are making progress because you're right. progressive. So, right. Yeah. Okay, so you've got new glasses. That's good. So tell us. Hey. We have closed it. Yeah, so I want to know. I, you just posted the most amazing. Everyone, get along to Andrea's Facebook page. And have a look at the most beautiful picture essay. I don't know what you're calling it, but it's a, I've never seen Facebook used like this, where you just click through the photos and there's a little story with each photo and it's a narrative that goes along. It's really nice. It just is, you know, it's one of those milestones that I wanted to, honestly, I realize Facebook is very much like a scrapbook. Like if I post a photo there, I'll, I know I'll be able to find it, at least yeah. until Zuckerberg changes his mind and charges me a billion dollars for it. Yeah, but... um. Not. Yeah, we bought this school about two years ago, and it was a decision that my husband and I made. You know, I'm I'm a serial business person. It's a natural language for me. Mike was looking for a career change, and we decided to to buy this school. We actually bought the school off Craigslist. 
a whole nother story. Which cracks me up every time I hear about it. I love the I love the bit where you bought the business off Craigslist. Local business. We bought the furniture off of Craigslist. We got students and we hired teachers off Craigslist, the whole thing. The the real motivation was, you know, to have a business to work on together. Um, Mike isn't involved in my coaching business very much. I mean, he's a big supporter and a big fan, but he's not involved in the actual running of it. So I wanted something that felt good to run together, was a local business, contributed to the local economy, got me out from behind my desk, off the phone, out into the classroom, out into nature, taking these students, you know, out into a real Canadian experience. So it was a great experience, but we quickly found that, in fact, it wasn't for us. Um, what we thought it was going to be, it wasn't. It, there were lots of great things that happened, lots of joy, so many smiles from those students, really just yeah. remarkable. But, you know, once we discovered this, you know, when you know better, you do better, right, like that Maya Angelou quote. So we decided to um, list it for sale. We've been talking to different buyers. Um, we will see um, as of yet whether we wind up selling it or if we just wind up you know, closing it down, winding it up. And yeah, that's a chapter that's um, been touching. It's been poignant. It's um, The success of it is in the quieter winds versus, mm-hmm. you know, some of the bigger, flashier winds that we might we might see in other, in other places. But um, I'm happy. I'm happy we tried it and I'm happy we, we're done. <laughs> well, I, the, I think the amazing thing about that story is the wisdom or how it is you knew okay, I think this is not working, so we're just going to move on now to the next thing. And as you say on Facebook, you know, making room for other opportunities because when you're full, there is no room for anything else. And so many people I see just stick at something not working. They just keep doing it year after year after year. And I think it's a real skill, that ability to know, okay, well, I think this is not what we thought, so let's Let's just do something else. Yeah, I guess, you know, Robin, you're so good at observing these things because I, I, you know, I'm so close to it. I don't think I think I overlook that that's something. Mm-hmm. We're really experimental with our lives, and we're really lucky to be able to do that. Um, if it's not mm. working, why would we? If we are the creators of our own lives, that would be really mean to force us to continue. <laughs> But I think it requires, you know, it requires a belief that you can be successful at anything. If you have the belief that you can be successful at anything, then it's no big deal. You just close it down and move on to something else. But if you don't, if you have fear around that, then I think that's what keeps people in what they know, even if it's not working. Yeah. So that's good. Well done. Excellent. Well, that's very exciting for next year. So that's really good. And so the other thing I know that you're doing is you're going to India. Yeah, I will be going to India, and it's um, the exact dates actually just are up in the air today, so we'll see. Um, it looked like it would be February, and then now there's some visa, interesting visa things. Like going to India, has the experience has already started because apparently you cannot rush an Indian visa. <laughs> <laughs> just like you can't rush a sacred cow. Once you're in India, you cannot rush a visa to go. Maybe to you should do some calendar coaching with them. I, I apparently, if you try to push, then your 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 application goes further and further down. The, and this right. is very similar right. to like China and you know different countries too, not yeah. just only India. But so we'll see when it happens. But yeah, I, I've known that um, India was waiting for me somehow, and I'm I'm excited. It's a 
very much a brand new thing. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Hi, you know, I want to hear more about your learning leader. The learning leader course we did. Well, this is, the learning leader course is an interesting program because it's a short course. It's basically um, group coaching and facilitation skills for coaches. And we've been running it off and on for the last few years. We didn't run it as much, I think, last year. We took a break because we were doing a lot of evaluating and just taking stock and deciding which direction to go. And we decided to definitely to run it again. And we looked for a while at changing the name. I don't know what you think about it, but Learning Leader, I just thought, oh, it's a bit of a tongue twister and what does it mean? And nobody really knows what it is. But the more we looked at it, the more we just realized it's just the perfect name because it actually describes our philosophy of teaching and group coaching, which is, you know, to really be very simplistic about it, which is the complete opposite of the I'm the expert teacher and I'm you're an empty vessel and I'm just going to fill your head up with knowledge. It's actually about, okay, you're the learner here and I'm going to help lead you in the direction that you decide you want to go. Um, now, of course, it's not completely um, I have no skills or expertise. As a, I'm not, It's not just any old person that can just go and facilitate um, and complete student-directed learning model. It's not that at all. Absolutely. As a learning leader, you're adding value all the time. You're bringing your expertise to the fore. You're really, you know, working hard at observing where the, your um, clients are at and observing where your students are at and being able to figure out exactly where their next step should be and how you can sort of help support them in that. So it's, you know, so it really is um, still teaching and group coaching. But um, anyway, so we just launched it again and we're going to launch it again in February. And in fact, we might even do it ongoingly. But the most amazing part of this last program is just the caliber of students just blowing me away. When I first saw them and I listened to the recording of the first class, my first thought honestly was, why are they doing this course? Like seriously, I thought, what, like, why are they doing this? They're already, they're already trainers. They're already you know, masterful coaches. But as the course has gone gone on, I've really seen how the reason they're doing it is precisely because they are many of them already trainers or they have a corporate background or, you know, they're coaches. But the the ability to bring those two things together and to create a program where you can integrate coaching or you can have a coach approach and to use that program as a way to um, create business for yourself and to create leads for your coaching practice is, I guess, at the heart of the Learning Leader Program. So good. I, I think of it as coaching in a circle formation, coaching or teaching in a circle formation, rather than like having this triangle like top down, you know, like the leader at the top of this thing and then everybody else is like a peon underneath. I love that. It's such an, um, it's so unique. And, I mean, ICA is a leader in in this, you know, and many other things. And I have to say, Robin, I have to give you kudos because it's hard to teach this stuff. Yeah. It's hard, and you can't get it just anywhere. It's hard to teach it. It's hard to sell it. I find it's hard to really get people to understand that there's a lot more going on than just, like, get a group of people together and, you know, start teaching them and you know interestingly we had a couple of guest lecturers and one of them was Sally Thompson who 
is an, a friend and colleague of mine from years ago, and she's the CEO of Adult Learning Australia here in, in Australia, which is the peak body for adult learning. So, you know, she's a bit of an adult learning expert, years of experience in the field. And she taught a class, and it was so funny. You know, I was thinking it was going to be really complex. And, and she just opened the class by saying, you know what, I think it's really important when you're teaching adults to get back to the basics. And she just outlined six adult learning principles. And I just think you can't hear those enough. And they're, they're not even rocket science, but it, you know, people can get really fancy and try and do so many things. But the basic principles, which is, you know, the learning has to be relevant. You know, you can't, it can't be boring or time wasting. Like time is very important to adults. Anyway, I won't go through them all, but it was quite, I love that sort of reminder of what it is to teach adults. So anyway, so that, that went really well. Yeah, it was good. And we're going to do it again in February. So that's happening. And then the other thing that's going on is just our school is just growing. Like I realized the other day we have 43 staff now from countries all around the world. Just so many new students joining all the time. And the community is just amazing. So next year we're really looking at how we can provide opportunities for the community to get to be more sort of, what's the word, self-seeding, you know, to, to give some tools and get the platform up where where our, our own students can actually create their own coaching groups or, you know, create different little niches within the school. I think that's the next step for us, really. I'm so excited. And I, can I just say I'm so excited that we get to play with one another. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's good. It's a great excuse, this podcast, isn't it? It's a good one. Yay! So so I reckon, let's see, so where are we now? January. I reckon it'll be January before we get together again. Are you going away at all? You know, I am. I um. Well, before January? No, I'll be home. But you're going in January. Yeah. Okay, good. Where are you going? It, it'll either it will, at the end of January, I'll be going to San Francisco. We have our new workshop in San Francisco at the oh, end nice. of January. Yeah. That will be fun and lots of good new things coming for the new year. I think, you know what, I want to say thank you to our lovely listeners. It's been really fun getting to know them and, you know, know that they're there. More and more of you are listening, we're so flattered. Yeah, it's great. And the comments and the emails we're getting, please keep sending them because next year it's going to be even more Coach Street coming your way. All right, so let's go off and start wrapping Christmas presents or whatever we're supposed to be doing. Sounds great. Thanks, everyone. (gasps) Thanks. See you later. If you want to become an accredited coach, drop Robin a line at robin at coachcampus.com or visit www.coachcampus.com. If you want to build your own successful coaching business, drop Andrea a line at andrea at wealthythoughtleader.com or visit www.wealthythoughtleader.com Did you find this podcast helpful? Swing by iTunes to let us know your thoughts. 